Involve. Solve. Evolve. Welcome to Cloud Crunch, the podcast for any large enterprise planning on moving to or is in the midst of moving to the cloud. Hosted by the cloud computing experts from Second Watch. Michael Elliott, Executive Director of Marketing. And Fred Bliss. CTO of All Things Data at Second Watch. And now, here are your hosts of Cloud Crunch. Welcome back to Cloud Crunch. Joining me as always is Fred Bliss, CTO of All Things Data here at Second Watch. Welcome, Fred. Thanks, Michael. Great to be here. Yeah, we have a special guest today. Joining us is Jim Anfield, healthcare practice lead for Second Watch. Welcome, Jim, to the hot seat. Uh, thanks, Michael. Happy to be here. I would hope so. So, Jim, can you kind of give us a uh, quick synopsis of your background for the audience? Hey, Michael, I've been with Second Watch since about four years now, coming up on four years this summer. Prior to that, I spent three or four years doing healthcare startups out of Matter Chicago, which is a healthcare tech incubator. There's a CTO, CFO role for a variety of early stage emerging growth companies in the healthcare space. Prior to that, I was a year at KPMG, large payer CIO advisory. I was also VP of IT at Land Lincoln Health, which is an Obamacare healthcare startup. And then my origins in healthcare go back to Healthcare Service Corporation, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Illinois, Texas, Mexico, and Oklahoma, Montana, in the health IT lead role, doing new venture startups and IT strategy. Excellent. Thanks, Jim. So you were an active participant at HIMSS this year. So let's kind of dive into what you learned there. So, you know, let's start with what are your key takeaways from the HIMSS conference? Yeah, so HIMSS was an actual in-person event this year. And I think what I saw at HIMSS was at the Orange County Convention Center down there in Orlando, the trade show floor was like completely booked. I mean, there was no open space. So all of the vendors, all the partners were there. The attendance was okay. They had released the mass mandate about a week before. I think that was a big spike in attendance. But there was something that caught my eye big time. One of the sessions was a couple of hospitals were doing Epic on Azure. And that, for me, was kind of a first. I had not ever seen that before. Epic has always been historically you know, on-prem. So to hear these two CIOs talk about how they had actually done Epic on Azure in the cloud, I think it was kind of revolutionary. And this is a big deal for EMRs in general being outside of the corporate network, right, Jim? Yeah, absolutely. I've been in several hospital data centers and they're not, you know, in the best places. And like, I've seen one in the basement of a hospital. I've seen another one in an office park strip mall. The Healthcare Service Corporation had a beautiful data center in North suburbs of Chicago, you know, hardened, you know, for tornadoes and earthquake, fault defined and oriented, you know, with traffic. But so I think the data centers at a hospital are not, you know, what I saw at a Healthcare Service Corporation. So I think moving to the cloud could be solve, you know, a really big problem that probably emerging with these data centers. So what I'm hearing you say is healthcare is very similar to what a lot of industries were just a few years ago when they were starting to look towards cloud and progress towards cloud because, you know, other industries, just the same, their data center was at a shopping mall down the street or in the basement of the building they were on. Yeah, I mean, I think the cloud and healthcare, I think, has arrived. I left HCSC in uh, 2012, and no, we, we, were, we knew about the cloud, but we were totally in-source, we were totally physical, and I, the payers are now using cloud, for example. I think the hospitals will be there, but you know, the pioneering work I saw down HIMSS was, to me, it was kind of revolutionary, actually. 
And when you think about EMRs like Epic and Cerner, I mean, this is really the center of their world, right, in healthcare. Absolutely. I mean, the Affordable Care Act and HIPAA, you know, one of the big drivers was to get the hospital to go electronic. So, you know, in 2004, when I joined HCC, I think the EMR usage by hospitals was made by 25%. And by the time I left HCC, which is 2012, that was up to 95%. So I think almost all the hospitals have now have electronic medical record systems. So they're no longer fractured. You know, they, so they have a, they still have like subsidiary systems, maybe like a PAC system, but almost all the hospitals in the United States now have EMR systems, but all on, all on prem though. Yeah. So when you think about all the different, I guess, software companies out there that, you know, healthcare providers, payers all use, um, and you've got E or EMR sitting on premise, what does that mean for them? And how does that create silos? Well, you know, the, 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 the hospitals have had a really rough time with ransomware. I think the, the ransomware attacks were initially, you know, the, the big ones, at least we heard about, were a lot of them were hospitals, you know, because they're, they're literally dealing with life and death situations. I think the early ransomware attacks, I think hospitals have paid them off. Uh, I think it, it, the, the on-prem infrastructure makes it difficult. It makes it more hard. It makes it harder to do effective data backups. Now, if you're in the cloud, you can constantly replicate your your environment, you know, in a, uh, another a, a, a non-local uh, environment. You know, if you're in the east, you can replicate in the west, for example, AWS. And you can also set the frequency of your data backup such that if for some reason you get locked up, you have a hot site option for your for your institution because you're dealing with life and death situations. I mean, you know, they have people in ICU, for example, on on you know, life support. To have that data available uh, and protected and secure, and the knowledge that, that is available, uh, I think that is going to be uh, something that hospital CIOs are definitely going to want. So it takes away some of the worries of you know a CIO in a in a hospital situation. What opportunities does it open up? Yeah, so the you know as I mentioned, some of the some of the data centers. I don't want to say all of the hospital data centers are in the basement of hospitals, but I think the Taking the, because the HIPAA is very particular about the security rule. You know, there's a lot of rules and regulations about the physical security of hospitals. And to move into the cloud takes a lot of that physical security off the plate of a hospital CIO. So, you know, in other words, you don't have to have keys, you don't have to have fire suppression, you don't have to have safeguards, you don't have to have uh, all the other things that take place, in, you know, in a physical location. You're now in the cloud. So the, in the in the cloud world, a big chunk of that security role is now covered by the cloud. Now, one of the struggles, though, with a lot of companies is understanding how to operate in the cloud. So right. thoughts on, you know, for a CIO of a major, whether hospital pair or provider, where are they going to get that talent? Or what's the approach for managing that environment now that it's in the cloud? Yeah, so the, you know, as, as, as we all know, the, that the job market is incredibly tough um, and there's a lot of resignations going on. It's, it's tough to recruit. So if you're at a hospital, you're, you're not the most desirable location for, you know, the, these, these college grads are coming out of school. But millennials uh, don't want to join a hospital? I don't understand. Well, so I think you know, the, the challenge of recruiting becomes a challenge. And so the, the beauty of the cloud, though, is that it open, once you're in the cloud, you now have the ability to use managed services. And so the managed services essentially is an outsourced function 
that not only will be easier, because you don't have to recruit anymore, but you know, managed services will be available, but also you'll be that much more secure. So Jim, now that some of the healthcare uh, you know, CXOs don't have to spend as much, I guess, mental bandwidth thinking about you know, security and things like that, what other future state, um, I guess, opportunities can they, can they now start considering? Yeah, so we talked about physical security, we talked about um, uh, staffing, you know, the, the concept of data analytics that becomes that much more viable. Because in the cloud, you're, once you're in the cloud, to move your data, you know, doing ETL into a cloud data warehouse becomes that much easier. So that opportunity becomes that much more available. So, and once you once you have a data warehouse that's built on top of Epic or Cerner or G or Allscripts or whatever, you now have the ability to do true data analytics, and that opens up a ton of different use cases for a, a hospital institution. Well, let's kind of explore those use cases that probably, you know, in, in your opinion and view, are the top of any CIO or, you know, CMO of a marketing or, you know, name that CXO level, but as at the top of what they're trying to solve to differentiate themselves in the marketplace. Yeah, so, um, you know, I would start like, you know, if you look at typical profit and loss statement, you start with the revenue side. So revenue cycle management, it becomes that much more easy to conduct. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of third-party companies out there that help them do a better job with revenue cycle management, which is collect essentially what you're owed through the complex payer system that we have. Knowing your analytics, you're able to then zero in on where you're having problems collecting your, your, you know, your revenue. Um, I think in another opportunity that's out there is what we call leakage or out-migration. So I'm sorry, what was that again? It's called leakage or out-migration. Gotcha, thank you. So... An example is that if you have a, 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 di a patient diagnosis of like cancer, okay, and there's cancer, so you know that, that once a diagnosis of cancer takes place, that a whole stream of services will take place down, you know, for that patient as you deal with the, the cancer situation. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, radiology, there's, there's uh, chemo, there may be surgery, the physical therapy. Um, so there's a lot of different care that would be involved with that cancer diagnosis. So with data analytics, essentially it's very simple. You say, okay, cancer diagnosis, the expected care stream that should have taken place for that episode, did that or did that not take place? And if it didn't, that means the patient went elsewhere for their care. And so that not only is a lost revenue opportunity, but it probably is a, uh, was a, uh, a increase in expense because you know that patient had to coordinate with thir other third parties for their care. And so there's a lot of you know, trading of information, you know, there's phone calls, there's consultations. And so as you, as you, as the patient goes elsewhere for the care, it introduces friction into the healthcare system. So the care coordination becomes that much more difficult. So how do we, how do uh, healthcare uh, companies handle, uh, you know, getting the, the data out of these EMRs? Because this was one of the biggest challenges that I saw working with healthcare firms over the yeah. last, you know, decade is there's getting the data out of the EMRs uh, was a challenge. It was hard. You know, they, in the EMR, the EMR companies don't make it easy, okay? I've dealt with them firsthand. So I know how difficult it is. I did, I did a health information exchange project in 2010, and uh, we were dealing with Epic and Cerner, and neither of them were cooperative. But there, there are ways of getting it done. You know, there's HL7, there's Fire, there's third-party services like Redox that enable the ability to get data uh, integrated into a, a data platform 
an independent data platform, which then also allows you to consolidate other data sources above and beyond the EM electronic medical record system data. So there's other claims data, you know, vision or whatever. Um, and, and there's third-party data like Quest, and you're now able to do true analytics. They have something called Slicer Dicer, but I think it's kind of a rudimentary tool, in my opinion. But you know, being able to do the analytics in a, in a, in a platform, uh, and it, it opens up all sorts of use cases, and we only talked about two. I mean, there's also the operational metrics, you know, utilization of facilities, you know, is your ER being utilized correctly? Are there issues with the utilization? You have delays, you have cancellations, and which again allows you to identify a problem and then begin to do investigation root cause. There's you know, uh, fraud, waste, and abuse opportunities, which again is related to, to uh, revenue cycle management, but it's different because you get into the waste and you, know, you may catch the frequent uh, flyers for pharma, people that are, are getting more than their needed share, uh, share of you know, particular pharmaceuticals. Um, there's also the fraud side. You also have supply chain. You know, think about you know the, the typical hospital you know with you know that has 500,000 active patients and the amount of supplies that are needed to to care for these patients. So the supply chain is huge, and be able to understand those supply chain and be able to get just in time inventory, reduce inventory, go go consignment, um, and then you've got the care just care coordination for the patients and doing outreach for these patients. So. And you know, the, the, the other big use case I saw when I was at, at uh, Blue Cross is the shared reimbursement models. The shared reimbursement model, like an affordable care organization, essentially rewards a hospital for doing a much better job, much more efficient job, and a better outcome job for the patients, but, if you, but managing the cost down and making sure the care is appropriate. And the, the insurance companies are willing to reward hospitals if they do a better, better outcomes at lower costs. And so, but in order, in order to do that, though, you need data analytics to be able to enhance the, how, you, how you perform that role with these patients. Then also be able to report back out to the payer, that, hey, this is what we did. So I'm going to assume health systems don't have this kind of expertise to do this, or, or am I wrong? Um, some do, some do. Um, you know, I, I think I saw at Northwestern, I was working with Northwestern, they had a center of excellence, so they were able to report out metrics, and they, they were pretty, very progressive. But the average hospital, I don't think so. Not yet, at least. So where do they begin? Where do they begin to even start this process? And what recommendations would you have on where to begin? Well, like, you know, as, as Fred knows, you know, as we've done our work you know, with other healthcare clients, the, the first step is, you know, they come up with, a, you know, the, the data strategy. In order to do the data strategy, though, there has to be recognition, you know, at the, at the provider that there is an opportunity because, even though you may have a great strategy, there's gonna be a change management issue here with, with the provider because you're going to have to change kind of the way, some of the way that you do the work and workflow is huge at hospitals. Yeah, and it sounds like we're at the beginning of almost a gold rush for you know all those use cases you mentioned. That's a absolutely. lot of different data sources that need to be brought together. Yeah, I think the cloud, I think the cloud absolutely has the ability to unlock these use cases on a much more widespread and effective basis. I mean, the challenge for them is being able to get their data and to rely just on, on the EMR system to get the data kind of hamstrings you because you're only getting part of the data. So you don't, you don't get like labor data, for example, your nurses. And Fred, I know you have some experience in the healthcare side just starting these projects. So, you know, for a CXO looking to begin, any words of advice or suggestions of 
where to start and and what you need to pull together to make this successful? I think now that we've got some opportunities to leverage, you know, for example, EMR data a little bit easier than we could before, um, it's going to give some non-cloud native companies the ability to do things they couldn't do before. And, you know, one of the things that I've always said is and kind of preached in this world is you got to keep things simple and you got to um, you got to keep things very focused and um, and targeted and short as you can. Right. So if you can do a project in, you know, eight to 10 weeks and delivering something that you couldn't do before in your in your prior world. So something that you couldn't do in Epic or in Cerner by bringing all these different data sources together and leveraging some of the data to do some of the use cases that Jim uh, was referring to. Uh, that's going to show value to the rest of the organization, and it's going to show a path forward that um, you know so, so a big part of the organization has probably never thought was possible before. So, Jim and Fred, then, you know, and, and we covered some of these, but what what would be your recommendations for a healthcare CXO as they're starting to embrace the cloud and look for how the cloud can solve issues, solve problems for them? Yeah, I, I would look for um, a high value use case and a, uh, an operational champion within, within the provider, within the hospital. Um, I think, you know, be able to get this lined up early because it's kind of like you deliver value, you, you deliver value, you show value, you're able to get the opportunity to go pursue more value. So picking one of those use cases um, and working with the, you know, the technology departments at the hospital, but also finding the, the champion within the hospital, maybe a caregiver, you know, a chief nursing officer, a chief medical officer, or somebody or even quality. I think quality is an, is an opportunity because, you know, in healthcare, quality is actually real dollars because the, the, because the government hold back for quality. But finding somebody that's willing to champion it and be the foundational use case. So once you demonstrate it, then it becomes something that feeds upon itself. Yeah, and these don't need to be very complex use cases either. I, I think back to one of the healthcare firms that I worked with, and they weren't a provider or a payer, but they worked in the healthcare space. And their chief care officer, one of the biggest struggles that they had was they had paper forms that were filled out by nurses. And they also had CMS data that they wanted to bring in along with their digital data. And it required manual entry to take the data from these manual forms and put it into their systems. Now with the cloud, you can leverage quite a few native API services with enough paper form data to train it and then have that automatically come out. Now, will it be perfect right away? No, but it's going to show within, you know, again, six to eight weeks, what's possible in the new world that wasn't possible before. Oh, and that's a great point that the cloud brings so many different cloud native tools that replace a lot of that manual interaction that has to occur, like paper forms and how you go digital through that, that probably a lot of people within the healthcare industry don't even realize exist. Yeah. I was working with the ophthalmology department Northwestern and the scheduler begged us to put in a digital solution. She begged us, you know, unfortunately we couldn't get the funding from the administration, but the people there on the front lines recognize the fact that they, in ophthalmology, they were passing around paper forms throughout the hospital with this stack in this folder that eventually should arrive at the OR along with the correct lens for that particular patient's surgery. They begged us, you know, and I felt bad for it because, you know, it was more of a, an executive decision, 
that they weren't quite ready to go cloud at that time. You know, this is going back to 2015. Probably should go back. And we've seen that in a number of industries here at Second Watch. Once you start to get this adoption beginning in a certain industry, others within that industry start to adopt. So, you know, who are the leaders in healthcare that are starting to look to cloud to solve their solutions, to digitize their capabilities? I mean, are there some of those leaders in the industry? Well, the, the presentation I saw at Hims was two CIOs. Uh, one was uh, Christine Bruchia, who's the, at St. Luke's University Health Network. The other was Matthew Douglas, who's the chief enterprise architect at Centara Healthcare Optima Health. Those are the two people I saw at Hims in Orlando. And I think they, they got cloud. Uh, they understood that about the security and the ability to enable and the fact is that they kind of had Epic cooperate with them as in terms of their implementations, because that presentation was actually co-presented by uh, Epic and as well as Microsoft. So that was those two individuals, those two CIOs, I think, were the, the first I've seen doing cloud. I mean, there are others out there, but I think my opinion, cloud finally arrived within the, the payer provider space just in the last few years. At this point, it sounds almost inevitable. Yeah, it, it just makes so much sense, because like I said, you know, I don't believe that the the modern CIO is going to want to manage a physical infrastructure anymore. There's too much potential for risk that can be easily mitigated by the cloud. And there's too much upside to avoid going that direction. Like getting better sleep at night? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you know, the hospital CIO, the, you know, their big worries are making sure that the EMR runs, that the, there's no ransomware attacks and recruitment and keeping the caregivers relatively happy within their institution. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jim. Any uh, any other last words that you'd like to add? Like I said, I think the cloud has arrived in healthcare. You know, I'm starting to see it now. And for me, seeing that presentation down in, in Orlando was, to me, it was kind of like one of those aha moments. I go, okay, we've known about the cloud. The cloud's been here. We know the benefits. But I think that this value is now going to be captured by healthcare here in the United States. I think there's just tremendous upside for the, the country as a whole. All right. Greatly appreciated, Jim. Joining us today was Jim Manfield, healthcare practice lead for Second Watch. Jim, thank you very much. Fred, as always, a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Fred. You've been listening to Cloud Crunch with Michael Elliott and Fred Bliss. For more information, check out the blog, secondwatch.com forward slash cloud dash blog. Or reach out to Second Watch on Twitter and LinkedIn.